Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Country Roads. So Mountaineer Nation gets to sing Country Roads to close off what was <laughs> a rough season, to say the very least, a disappointing season, to say the very least, and quite frankly, one of the worst seasons for the West Virginia Mountaineers program in a while. The third losing season for Neil Brown in his four years. But nonetheless, the Mountaineers do get to sing Country Roads on this final day as West Virginia beats Oklahoma State 24 to 19. They actually finish off a season in which they beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State for the first time in program history in the same year. Also, of course, retaining the Black Diamond Trophy. This one in Blacksburg last year in Morgantown over Virginia Tech and then also beating Baylor. So who would have thought? Beat Baylor, beat Oklahoma, beat Oklahoma State, beat Virginia Tech, claim a trophy, and despite losing the backyard brawl, yet it's a bad season, and that's just the case. It is a bad season. It's been a bad season, and that bad season is over. I'm Mike Oste, and this is our West Virginia football postgame show here on WV Sports Now. Of course, head over to West Virginia Sports Now for my game recap, for all of our postgame coverage for also our coverage of what's going on with the West Virginia basketball team as they are in the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament in Portland or Ethan Bach out there in the Pacific Northwest to cover that. And obviously that's a little better days than the state of the football program right now. But for this show, for the purpose of this, it's going to be instant reaction. I'm going to do another one of these when it all simmers and certainly many, many shows to come as my coverage doesn't stop. My work doesn't stop, even though the season is over for the players. But wanting to give a post-game show, since, of course, I am home. Did not travel <laughs> to that one. And the Mountaineers do win. So, if any of you are with me, feel free to chat along. Feel free to chime in. I do see some let's go. I do see some country roads. So, that's interesting. And I kind of was wondering that. What's the feeling right now? What's the vibe? Get to sing Country Roads, Country Roads, for my money, best tradition in college football. I know there are others that are always brought up, but it's a good one, and certainly one of the few that spread across all of college athletics, not just the football field. But tune up the band there for Country Roads after a 5-7 and seven season, after disappointment after disappointment, and after a roller coaster ride. First 0-2 start since 1979. You lose the backyard brawl. Maybe you could argue controversial fashion, but some decisions weren't great. You lose it. That was a better team in Pitt. It was a rocking house. It was a road game. A lot of your fans were there for West Virginia, but WVU lost and, and good feelings after that loss. But then you lose to Kansas. And yeah, Jalen Daniels played in that game. When he played, they were good. They almost were ranked. He then got hurt later in the year during their slide, but they were still better against West Virginia than anybody else. And that was one of the worst performances by the defense in a long while, which had been good 
in recent years. 13 and a half point favorite, you lose that, and then I can go on and on. Of course, you win in Blacksburg, but we've seen that Virginia Tech just not that good. They weren't good last year when they ranked 15th at the time of the game. They certainly weren't good in the 2022 season. God, they were not. You get the win, but barely anything to brag about. The bad performance in Lubbock, really miserable. The awful performance in Lubbock, never in that game. Luther, Texas, the, the way you do, and honestly, the score not indicative of how much the Longhorns are better than the Mountaineers on that day. And then, yeah, there are some nice wins. Oklahoma State to end the year. Oklahoma, but Oklahoma, a down year. The worst Oklahoma team they've had in 20-plus years. West Virginia gets the win. They have also the night game win over Baylor. But, again, it's a bad year, disappointing year, and I know we're obviously going to be talking about offseason What's going to happen with the coaching staff? What's going to happen with Neil Brown? Naming a new AD, which will come soon. Obviously, eventually firing Shane Lyons throughout this season. And all of that will to come. But Matt Rule going to Nebraska. You freeze now, it appears, in talks about taking over at Auburn. Lane Kiffin not going anywhere. Not that West Virginia was getting him anyway. And those are some people that West Virginia fans seemingly wanted. Not going to happen for the Mountaineers. There always are other names that could be brought up if they do make a change. But as we're speaking now, and again, I'm going to do later shows if somehow the news would, would occur, you know, when you're hearing or listening to this, this is post-game reaction. But as we're standing now, Neil Brown is the head coach of the Mountaineers. And there have been reports, including my report off of ESPN's report that was picked up actually by the ESPN broadcast of this win over Oklahoma State, that he might not be going anywhere. And the reason why it might be, what can you do so quickly to get a head coach that really gets you in a proper off-season schedule and doesn't kill your recruiting class. A lot of these recruits have flat out told me they probably are decommitting these commits, these solid commits. If Brown is gone, maybe keep it in front of the year. The extension's horrible. The buyout's bad. It's all hard to deal with. None of that can really be excused, but maybe he will stick around for another season. And you got to think, who do you get? Who do you want? If you are parting ways with Brown, now that you know a lot of who you people have been telling me on past live chats and post-game shows, a lot of the fans I see on social media, on guys the fan base wanted, they're not going to happen. They're not in play now. What would you want? Tony Gibson, yeah, great defense at NC State, but do you want to be your head man? I don't know if he screams head coach material. Again, that's obviously a connection that I could maybe see happening, but that name is also kind of quieted in terms of rumors in the last few weeks opposed to where it was before and where it usually is. You want to go to Appalachian State? You want to go to those schools and guy who had success at those places and bring him home? But again, Neil Brown had success at Troy. Not happening at West Virginia. So if you don't want a group of five guy, why would you want somebody else at a similar or lower level to then come aboard and do it in the Power Five? And the Big 12, a lot of ranked teams this year. Only two of them don't make a bowl. West Virginia, unfortunately, ridiculously, one of them going to Iowa State. And obviously, that's a team that beat West Virginia. So that was a really, really bad performance as well that I could have brought up. And those all just fit in the middle there. So I get year four. I get being done. I get something got to give. I wrote about it. I said before the year, got to win six games, got to get back to a bowl. Got to show signs of improvement, especially after losing all the players to the transfer portal, especially after not having a quality season the year before when you did actually bring a lot of the same players back. And, And you bring in JT Daniels, that did not work out, but that move made sense at the time. But it had to result in something. 
to at least be neutral, if not more, the tougher schedule. Didn't happen. Worst year, JT, that didn't work out, obviously. Who do you want to be your starting quarterback? You want it to be Garrett Green? Did you see enough in about a game and a half? Obviously, Nico is there for the future. Will he stay? If I'm advising him, I'm basically telling him to transfer if Garrett's the starter because Garrett's a sophomore. you would be a junior, but you got at least a couple more years. How long does Nico want to sit? He played well in this Oklahoma State game, but what does that mean, honestly, to how much he'll play? Obviously, they're both young, him and Garrett Green. And then do you want to go back to the portal because it didn't work out this past season? I will go now to the chat a little bit. I see you guys chatting away. As much as I love covering these games in person, home or away, when I can do it from home, and there's either not a reason or for whatever reason I don't end up going to the game and being able to do these post-game shows and interact with the fans. I actually do kind of like it, honestly. You usually get a lot of reaction, and and certainly I expected to get reaction in this one. West Virginia does win, by the way. For anybody who, you know, just tuning in now, granted, this show is not going to necessarily be just about the Oklahoma State win. They do win. They beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma State <laughs> both in the same season for the first time in program history. They also beat Virginia Tech, Baylor, and uh, again, quality wins, I guess, overall. If you told somebody you'd win those games entering the season, you would be happy with those wins, of course. But all the losses, the inconsistent play, when it was good on offense, it wasn't good on defense. When it's become okay on defense, the offense has puttered. Green gave you a spark, but then not so much the next week. You get it here from the ground. You get it here from the defense. You do see Nico, but uh, it's a bad year. It just that, That's just 2022. He had three losing seasons from 1999 to 2018. Neil Brown's now had three in his last four in, in these last four years, his four years as Mountaineer head coach. Not good enough. It might be good enough to give him one more season, though. Maybe it's the buyout. Maybe it's the recruiting class. I brought it up before. It may be enough to give him one more year just because who else are you going to get? And if you lose all those recruits and you already have players leaving, you had the Charles Wood situation with players that could leave on this team. I brought up Nico. Like, why is he staying to be a backup? A lot could be <laughs> could be worse and could put you further behind the eight ball. We'll see, though. And again, the reports are right now that he might be back for one more year. But if not, who do you really want? And what do you do at QB? Those, I think, are the two pointed questions I do want to hear your thoughts on here uh, on this show. But again, I'll do many others. I just want to get some instant reaction. So regardless, today was for the players and fans. We'll see what happens with Brown. We don't want Neil Brown, period, from somebody else. Of course, I get it. The fans don't want Neil Brown. They're tired of it. Four years, three losing seasons in four years, three in the previous 20. I hear it. I know. But again, you, you thought the program was going up when they won a bowl game a couple years in. You gave them Mulligan for the first year because the cupboard was bare. I get that. Then you dip back last year, and I mean 2021, and that was a six and seven season losing the bowl game, but you do get to a bowl game, and it felt worse, though. It felt like a three-win season because the team wasn't fun or entertaining to watch. At least they were a little bit this year. JT won't be back. Yeah, no, no I don't. There, there's almost no reason why he would be back if he cares about himself at all. Um, the weirdest thing is he can play another year of college football. He has another year of eligibility. He's already now been at three different schools in his career after being a, a top flight recruit coming out of high school obviously injuries derailed him at usc when he actually was having success and they were contending for the pac-12 georgia won games loses his job they win the freaking national championship obviously that wasn't going to continue there goes to west virginia it's been a miserable season he loses his job 
to an incumbent who's younger than him and way less experienced than Garrett Green. And then you don't even see JT in this final game, although that's probably the right call. What are you playing him for? It is about Nico and Green if you're looking at the future in terms of youth. But I, he's not going pro. His draft stock was not increased. Obviously, coming to West Virginia, I'm sure he wasn't born a West Virginia fan. He thought he would connect with Graham again. He thought their connection from USC when he was mostly the backup under Graham there under Keaton Slovis, oddly, would then allow him to have success from what he already knew under Graham Harrell. It just didn't work out at all. And he played well earlier in the season, but they didn't win. And then he made some mistakes and he stopped playing well real quick. Again, that 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 night in Lubbock was all kinds of bad. Worst game for him and maybe his football life. And... Um, I'd imagine he's not just going to go quit, although he is really, really smart and certainly, certainly could be a coach someday. Uh, that's just, as media talking to him, really smart. I think he could be a coach someday. But as far as him playing, there's no reason to come back to West Virginia unless he wants to hold a clipboard or be a coach in Morgantown. Um, and then he's not going to be able to go pro unless he wants to turn, just doesn't want to have a fourth college program. And then, you know, wants to try USFL or XFL. There's other opportunities now to make money playing ball, and maybe that'll get you the NFL. I could actually, honestly, if I'm advising him and the NFL wouldn't be a place for him right now, I don't see that happening, even as an unsigned free agent, although maybe. Um, he, but I would maybe say, okay, go get an XFL or USFL contract. Granted, it would be the next spring. Make some money and then see what that does, although that would delay his progression. But you can't do that and play college ball, and I don't know... Although I guess he could play college ball and then do that because of when that schedule is. But again, four college programs for him in six years, that would be rough, but there's no reason for him to come back. So no um, boycott of Neil Brown comes back. Um, Neil Brown will be back based on these, these last three games. So that's interesting. Um, I, oh, down goes. Okay. State Clemson, the Buckeyes great day so far. I don't know if you're including those as major upsets. Obviously, Ohio State losing to Michigan is a major big deal and pretty much gets Michigan in a playoff spot, takes Ohio State probably out of it, but who knows? Their schedule maybe would allow them to get still in with one loss, depending on how things shake out. Um, Clemson going to have some troubles, obviously, and they already had a loss, but still winning the ACC for what it'll be, um, likely. Uh, they'll be in the ACC title game. And then OK State, not that much. I, OK State is not the same in that vein, though, as far as an upset. I do want everyone to understand West Virginia gets the win. They do play solid. That's what I put in the headline. They play solid. Obviously, a lot on the ground and by the defense. Dante still fumble cover at the end. Cool for him. They did what they had to do. In, in I don't want to say a tough environment for the fans, but a tough environment because of the weather. And they still had to travel. They haven't been good on the road all season. And obviously the vibes and the atmosphere around the program and those players and what they're seeing on social media can't be good. And I know that they log on, even if Brown says he doesn't and the coaches don't, but they were active this past week. You tell them because of Thanksgiving, you tell me they didn't scroll and see something. So, uh, you know, they get a win, give credit to the Mountaineers for getting a win and playing hard at the end when they didn't have much to play for. But Oklahoma State was a banged-up team that was no longer ranked, that now has lost a bunch this year, certainly in recent weeks. They started off real strong, I believe, what, 5-0? and And they were ranked in the top 10 at one point this year, but they have certainly dipped out, certainly dipped out. So, and, and you know, maybe Baylor. Baylor lost to the Mountaineers. It's not, it's not too surprising, even though, obviously, they were a heavy favorite over a touchdown at one point, a nine-point favorite over West Virginia. But the Mountaineers have been awful. But these last few games comments interesting. So the last few games, you have the spark to beat Oklahoma. 
First time in program history, Green replaces JT, but Oklahoma's down. It's not a good Oklahoma team by any means, by the way, but you do win it. It's a big deal, and that was a close game, but it's a perfect matchup for Green and the Mountaineers in that one as well. When they run well, they win. I saw the graphic in this game over OK State that when West Virginia's over 200-plus yards on the ground, they win. When they had uh, when they lost, they had about 100 or so. 120, I believe, was the number. They still ran pretty well most of the year. That was something that was answered, and they did effectively this year that I think a lot of people thought entering the season would be what would hold this offense back. To be fair, the running game was fine, and that's whether it's Mathis, C.J. Donaldson emerging. We'll see about his future. And then, of course, Jalen Anderson in this game, even Justin Johnson, Justin Johnson Jr., when he, when he came in games this season, he was more than adequate as a third-string running back, uh, if not a backup. So, again, the running game was fine. Even in the losses, it was fine. It was really good in the wins, like it was in this win over Oklahoma State. Obviously running all over the place. I don't know the number in front of me, but I know they were well over 200. Jalen Anderson himself <laughs> was at 155 with his two scores and two of those runs over 50 yards to get himself in the end zone twice. So, yeah, Penn State, by the way, to answer that question, they open up the year. The West Virginia Mountaineers open up the season on the road at Happy Valley against Penn State. They will then, I believe, this is off the top of my head, have a game against Duquesne. Obviously, you have FCS. They'll get a big win. It's kind of a Pittsburgh media circuit for me here. They'll play Pitt. It'll be in Morgantown, but they're going to have to try to avenge the 2022 backyard brawl rebirth loss with that 70,000-plus Pittsburgh sports attendance record in Pittsburgh. One of that many fans in Morgantown, but it's a college town. I imagine they'll be rocking there as well, even though both teams now coming off disappointing seasons, even though the year prior, this season, Pitt was coming off an ACC title, both different teams, though. And then it'll get into conference schedule and, and whatever else. So it won't be easier for West Virginia Going to Penn State will be tougher than playing Virginia Tech, certainly this year, as the other out-of-conference FBS team besides the brawl. So you figure that's a loss, even if this was a better West Virginia team, honestly. Penn State can't beat Michigan, and they can't beat Ohio State, but they can beat a lot of other teams, and they're still freaking pretty good in the Big Ten. And they're going to be at home in that atmosphere. I'll, I'll be there, but that'll be tough. The schedule's not any easier. Shane Lyons, Auburn Luck before, whoever, not doing the West Virginia Mountaineers any favor in terms of this schedule. You got the Alabama series coming up, brawl return. Again, it's not going to be easy. They, they, I think they've made it a little too tough for this program. I think a better schedule would be one solid rival, say Pitt or Tech or whoever, not all in the same year, but one of them. Another one that's like a lower level FBS and then an FCS, but they're playing the rival legit FBS that's better than the rival, really, and then FCS. So you got one win you can guarantee on the year. And um, that's all I'll say about that. But I would not be surprised if Neil Brown is back um, again. Um, and what if Neil Brown brings an 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 season next year, still fired? Well, I mean, obviously, if he is back next year and the team just goes gangbusters and puts together this wild 9, 10, 11 win season, obviously, if they go undefeated, which will only be the second time in program history going back to 1922 when they were undefeated as the only undefeated bowl champion and should have claimed a national title, by the way, um, then yeah, okay, everything's fine and you apologize for the past and you keep it moving and likely that that occurs. You bring in great transfers, you win the portal even though you're losing players 
and recruiting is fantastic and the recruiting class goes from 35 to 20 and you get more players and Gallagher looks ridiculously good and maybe plays right away or green keeps it up or, and, and gets weapons like Gallagher or Jaheim white, maybe gets on the field. Granite, Tony Mathis, CD Donaldson. If he stays, obviously there are rumors there. He's very young. Donaldson will be a sophomore next year. All those things work out, obviously, and the defense somehow patches it up because you're losing, you're losing Woods, you know, you're losing Dante Stills to just eligibility is over. It, it, it's going to be hard. Um, Jacoby Spells, I guess, could be that guy in the secondary for the future. But that secondary, that defense, it was rough this year and should probably be a problem again next year. And I mean negatively, um, unless some major things occur. But it's hard to speak on the roster right now because with the portal, we don't know. And even last year, to be fair, they lost a lot of players, way too many, more than a lot of teams. You got to put that on Brown in the program, even though not every situation is the same. But they also did gain, and those those gains didn't work out. But who knows what will occur in the portal this season. What I do want to ask you guys that are still there, because we can talk on Brown all day, and I, I got the reports that he's going to be back. I personally, I you know, I can give my opinion on these shows, certainly. I would cut bait. Um, I probably would have been more proactive with cutting bait. I don't think I would have done it in the middle of the year, like some were saying. I would have done, because what is that's not going to do anything for you. I, I would have maybe let this balance of the season go. I would have considered Graham Harrell when the offense was clicking, but now that it's puttering, obviously that's not going to be something you would consider. So I don't know what I would do in terms of the new hire. I, I don't care about West Virginia ties. I'd want the best guy. I understand the buyout being so high and the money that's spent there. What can you really spend for another guy? I never bought into Jimbo. I thought that was later on down the line in his career. And I know it's been rough for him at Texas A&M this season and was at the end of his Florida State tenure, but six, 10 win seasons at Florida State, freaking good multiple conference titles i mean three not just the one special year with james winston has won a national championship and has multiple nine win seasons at texas a&m in fact every year but two he's had eight or more wins of his career so jimbo fisher has a good resume and i would take him obviously if you're west virginia but i don't think he's really coming obviously nick saban's never gonna come um you know sean clark others that are i've mentioned that haven't really got as much conversation among fans because i think they want to splash higher that just wasn't going to happen I didn't think Matt Rule would happen. Um, he's always turned programs around and won, although maybe left before Baylor could really, really get a lead. Obviously, the conference title last year, he wasn't there. Um, but he built all that up. He would have been great. Uh, I think you Freeze would have been a good hire. Obviously, he's had a proven track record. Granted, it'd be controversial when he did it in the SEC uh, at non I guess, elite programs, even though he was still getting wins over them at, at the time. But that just probably wasn't going to happen either. So in terms of what would happen, I don't know. I, I would think, though, year four, three losing seasons in four years, only one bowl win, I would cut bait. And I've talked about this before. you got to have reasonable expectations. It's not like you've got to expect a natty with, at West Virginia. But I think you can expect more than one bowl win in four years. I think you can expect, uh, you know, three bowl appearances um, in a four- or five-year period because next year is looking rough with that schedule to even get in there. I think you can expect more than three losing seasons in four years. I think the fact that even if you may only have two bowls in four years, okay, but not losing seasons. So it's not like you got in that bowl when you won the Liberty Bowl and just were gangbusters with 10 wins. It was a, it was a weird year because of COVID. So your win total still wasn't that fantastic. And he didn't play Oklahoma or else that would have been another loss because they were still really, really good that year. 
and then six and seven, the other bowl appearance in the guaranteed rate bowl, and you get blasted. You never really were in that game. Okay, Tom Herman, I, I you know, that's something. I don't know, though, because, a lot, you know, he certainly lost favor <laughs> where he just was. And, and Sarkeesian has shown times to turn it around at, at Texas, and maybe they're back, but also they've dipped, and that was kind of, I guess, Herman's players, and they didn't love him there. But there were wins. There were more than what you expect at West Virginia, even though obviously the expectations at Austin are way higher, even though they haven't been back in about a decade plus. But would that be sexy to West Virginia fans? I don't I don't know. Um, but yeah, obviously. I mean, if it's freaking ridiculous next year, then yeah. Um, when will they release next year's conference schedule? That will determine if they can get to a bowl. They won't beat Penn State and Pitt. Will be a toss-up. I definitely don't think they're beating Penn State. I definitely think Pitt could be a toss-up. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I probably would say they're underdogs in the game, but they will be at home. It'll depend on how these rosters shake out. And imagining Slovis is back at Pitt, so maybe they'll have more continuity, even though he hasn't been great this year. But Pitt has some problems, too, and they've also been losing recruits, too. They have the special year now of 2021 to hang their hat on that West Virginia does not have, and they have a head coach that's not going anywhere that has been there a while. But it'd be like if Dana was still there for West Virginia, I guess. But it's not like they're riding as high as they would have been a year ago or certainly entering the backyard brawl in Pittsburgh. So I think West Virginia could do it. They've done it in games like that and played up to opponents and down to others, and they almost beat Pitt this past season. So I think it's fair. Conference schedule. You got the get. Obviously, you got the teams in terms of when it's actually mapped out. It's not out there right now, but you're going to play the same cast of characters. So, does it matter? Um, but I, that it really is about the conference schedule in terms of getting in a bowl. Yes, it will be about the conference schedule. And I do think that if Neil Brown is back, at minimum, you got to get in a bowl game. I don't. I know that Penn State's there, and it's tough, and you're not going to win that game. And I didn't make this schedule. I think they have made it too tough at times. You don't need too legit. FBS rivals out of your three out of conference games. That's too tough. That's tougher than what freaking Michigan's doing. And they're probably going to the playoff now. I get it, but it's going to be about your conference schedule to see if you get in a bowl game. And I do think the expectations got to be there that if you do bring Neil Brown back, you got to at least get in a bowl game or then you're cutting bait again. You got to have some standard despite a hard schedule. You know, that would be five years in and the coaches don't get that kind of time. These days again, WV Sports Now. Find us at WV Sports Now on Twitter, also on Facebook, of course. I'm Mike Osti at Mike Osti 11 is me right below here on Twitter. Feel free to tweet me and try to keep it sane when you're there, but I'll, I'll talk to you. Certainly, low my interactions with some of the followers there on Twitter. Find the game recap, find all of our coverage, of course, coverage as well as what Bob Huggins' team is, is doing out there in Portland with Ethan and the rest of West Virginia Athletics because it's been better across the board. Otherwise, that women's basketball program's looking okay and new era under Don P. Obviously, Big 12 title and an NCAA appearance despite losing early. The women's soccer team, men's soccer team, competitive. Baseball team building something up again. We'll see. AK, Cy Young candidate as a pro. Geno Smith and an MVP-type Pro Bowl season giving you a reason to be happy about the pros that are former Mountaineers. A lot of things are good about the athletic program. Granted, not as great as it was prior to Shane Lyons, but when the football program's this down, the basketball program men's-wise has been down the last few years, despite now looking good this year, and maybe going to the portal and switching things up will actually help Bob Huggins this season. Granted, they have now lost, but that's where the money is, and with conference realignment and chaos, you got to have that sound. So, um, so 
again, it's just a situation of what happens with Brown. That is really what has to do with all of this. What happens with Neil Brown and is he back? And again, separate from that, because a lot of this does depend on that, and that has to be the number one decision. I want to hear from you guys on who you want at quarterback. And this is this is meaning asking two questions, basically. Do you want Garrett Green to get the start? Okay, he sat under Daggy, didn't work out with Daggy, no experience then, wasn't pressing in practice then. I don't really criticize that, but maybe should have got some time at the end of that season, I could see. Comes in for JT this year. You bring in a transfer, highly touted. JT, you figured it'd be better with him and Graham connecting. Was not. Obviously, Green sparks some, but it wasn't like it was gangbusters. He's had his bad moments as well. Was really so-so in his first start against Kansas State. Obviously, a loss. So, do you want him to get another go? Do you want him to be your starter next year? He's a dual-threat guy. Obviously, West Virginia fans love the dual-threat QB. Does that fit? Is that going to work? Is he enough of a passer? That kind of was, I think he is now. But do you want him to be your starter? Or do you want to go into the portal? I feel like those are the decisions. You're going to the portal looking for another vet, or it's Garrett Green. And if it's Garrett Green, a very important season that Neil Brown, if he's back, got to get to a bowl game, if not more, or whoever is there got to show you something, because I don't think West Virginia fans are going to want to just say a new coach is there, so now we're awful again for two more years with the cover being bare, which is probably fair in reality, which was the case in, in given time for Brown early on. But if there's pressure to do better, at the least. I think a bowl game, regardless of who is coach, uh, there'd be enough talent that'll be there, we know, unless, obviously, you lose it all to the portal, but based on the roster now, and even recruits coming in, that could possibly see some action. So, with all that said, who do you want to be QB? That's a big decision. It's either Garrett Green or you go back to the portal and try to get a vet there. But, I might even lean Garrett Green right now, but again, I don't. I think there's a ceiling with him. It's mostly because I don't know who you get in the portal. It's way better. It depends on who's in the portal, obviously. I mean, if you whoever's the best guy is the best guy. If it's not Garrett Green and there's somebody in the portal that you that you think is going to be lights out and maybe even more confident than what JT was that wants to come, then sure. But it's the portal or Green really is that decision. And I don't see um, how there's anybody better than Garrett Green probably available for West Virginia to get to be honest, for the 2023 season. That's what I'm talking about. So, I just don't see it. But the reports are that Neil Brown could be back. So, a lot of conversation here figuring that Neil Brown is not back. I know a lot of fans don't want him to be there, and I could again see it four years in in three losing seasons. But I, you know, I wouldn't be blown away if this dude and Neil Brown next year. And I do think the fact that a new, yeah, a new AD may want to have his guy in there, but it also might be Neil Brown, dead man walking, and the time frame of it will make it difficult. And then separate from that. You know, what do you what will you see in terms of who else to get and and, and what will that do and how will that impact recruits and all of that? So and the schedule's only gonna get tougher. I mean, 
you're eventually going to be swiping out Oklahoma and Texas for BYU, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and they're probably not perennially obviously as good as Oklahoma at the very least. That's going to be competitive teams. that will be added on your schedule. They'll lose more games in a tough Big 12 than they would have won as group of fives, but it'll be a tough team on your schedule. Uh, and then, you know, you still got some more out-of-conference games going to be tough separate from that. You got Penn State coming next year. You're still going to have Oklahoma and Texas likely on that schedule, although we don't know. A lot of news can happen in the offseason unless something wild occurs um, with them departing a, a year sooner. But likely to answer that 2024 is where a lot of that could shaken up. Next year should be a similar schedule with Penn State open. You got Pitt, you got Duquesne, similar Big 12 but is that good enough to make a bowl game? I don't think so. I mean, that wasn't good enough to make a bowl game this year in Penn State's tougher opponent than Virginia Tech. So next year's schedule is tougher than this year's schedule. You don't really know at quarterback. It's likely green and more confidence, I guess, but more than you had coming into this season with JT because a lot of people love JT. Um, and then uncertainty at coach, uncertainty at the roster, uncertainty with transfers and recruiting. We can go on all day. Uh, West Virginia does beat Oklahoma State, though. They finish five and seven, five and seven, losing season. Uh, again, I'm not surprised necessarily because I predicted six wins. I'll be fair. I predicted six wins. I thought they would get, crawl into another mediocre bowl game and probably lose it, finish six and seven. I thought it maybe could be a losing season, but I, I thought six. I was probably being kind. I wouldn't be shocked if it was five, and it ends up being five. The five wins are just weird to have those be the five wins because those are maybe some good wins you kind of wanted to have for a while that you get this year, but again, Oklahoma down Baylor lost their ranking, Oklahoma state banged up and they've been losing. It's not what it would have been a few years ago with some of these programs, but you didn't beat, if you beat TCU, it would have been ridiculous, but it, it didn't happen. That would have ruined a special year for them. Um, secondary killed us in several games, at least need some new assistance. Um, yeah, the secondary was a major problem for West Virginia this season. So aside from obviously JT didn't work out and what to do with QB and you know, Brown making decisions. And I think honestly, he got aggressive earlier in the Oklahoma state game and then got real conservative. And I do think in terms of game decisions, his, uh, I guess, ability to get aggressive at the weird times and get conservative at others, like say the fourth and one against Pitt, getting real conservative, you go for it. A lot of else that goes on doesn't matter. That's something that got to go on the coach in terms of game decisions. I don't think they've been great at Neil Brown. He's recruited well. That's really it. And he brought a lot of relationships back to the program in terms of alums. That's good. I touched on all this on a recent article. That's good. But game decisions, the losing, not enough. It's not been good enough. He'll tell you that. But but again, four years in, I'd cut bait. But team-wise, team-wise, regardless of who is coach, regardless of QB, secondary major problem. Because when I talked earlier on the defense and what you're losing. And you, we don't even know, obviously, all that you're going to lose. It goes to a secondary that already was weak this season that's going to go into next year even weaker because you went into this year at least figuring you had Charles Woods. Grant, he was out most of the season, obviously, hurt in week one, and, and now he's in the portal. Uh, you're already losing your defensive leader, even though Dante Stills doesn't play in the secondary. He's still your defensive leader. You lost Messador a season earlier to the portal. You're losing defensive players. You're bringing in some, but they were FCS with lack of experience. Spells maybe will get better another year in. You got players there, but, I mean, there's veteran players when you're talking about, you know, Jordan Jefferson or – it just, again, I mean, you're not going to have a veteran core 
on defense that you had at least coming into this season, not going to be there next year. You're basically retooling the whole D. And, and going to assistance, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe Graham Harrell just wants to move on or some other school maybe poaches him and offers him a, a contract, or maybe he is uses a scapegoat because it didn't work out with JT. If Neil Brown is back, I would not be shocked if assistants are let go or they just end up leaving somehow. Jordan Leslie, Neil Brown's guy, obviously, after the Vic Koenig scandal, Jordan Leslie takes over on D. The defense has, overall, whether it be under Koenig or Jordan Leslie, good the last few years. So overall, out of these four years on Neil Brown, I would say three of the four, the defense was good, honestly. And you had a younger Dante Stills, you had Darius Stills way back. There were some players there, uh, and the defense was mostly good. The offense let them down, to be honest, certainly in the 2021 season. If they try to keep all of this right now, this 2022 season, it's not this year anymore. It's now over, and it's a bad one. But this year's defense, it had its issues. But to be fair to Jordan Leslie, and I, he could easily be the scapegoat. I don't think he's a game changer. It matters either way, really, whether he's there or not. I don't think he matters as far as recruiting as much as, say, Chad Scott does or even Graham Harrell does or maybe Neil Brown from what recruits are telling me. I think Jordan Leslie, because those star commits you have are mostly on offense, you could pluck out Leslie and say he's the reason and have him be the assistant fired if you keep Brown for another year. Okay. But, but the defense wasn't good. But in his defense, the defense dealt with tons of injuries this year. And I don't think that, I didn't think the defense was going to be good entering this season. So to be fair, what were you really expecting out of the defense this season? I did think it would be a weakness and it ended up being a weakness. Why GG over Nico? By the way, it's NIC, not NIK. Why GG over Nico at QB or Portal? Um, I already addressed the YGG over the portal in terms of Garrett Green, and and uh, my opinion here could certainly change, but it's just where we stand right now. I don't think it's in any way legitimate to say Garrett Green should have been starting two years ago or even before this season started. You give it to a vet; he was a top five prospect at the time. I know you know years gone by, but highly touted in terms of a five star in JT Daniels. You 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 if you get him you have to start him. And he looked really good in camp and really good at practices. So I don't think it's fair to say Garrett Green should have started to open up this season. Certainly, you win a bowl game, and then you have Jared Deggie. Garrett Jared Deggie got worse as the season progressed in 2021. Maybe Green could have came in middle of there. But at the beginning of that season, you just won a bowl game. You're not going to change QBs. So I don't think Garrett Green should have started prior to when he got in. And I think any of that talk is getting unfair and really 2020 hindsight. However, now I do think, based on your options, he showed you enough. He showed me enough. He's, I mean, having the dual threat is a positive. By the way, it can win without a dual threat. It's not a requirement. Geno Smith wasn't really a dual threat, despite being able to scramble. He won you the Orange Bowl with a record-setting performance. I mean, that's one of the best wins in program history. So to say it got to be a dual threat because Rashid Marshall, because of Pat White, because of Major Harris. It's a little ridiculous, even though a lot of fans, you know, my age or older, certainly probably not as much younger, but they hear about things and they want that as well. I get it, you know, pining for the dual threat that works so well with Pat Wright and Rashid Marshall, but it doesn't have to be that. But he's he's been a good dual threat. His ability to really, I think he's going to get smarter. I think he'll get better with the offensive line, which also is losing pieces. That could be an issue. But I think Eric Green is your best option of who's available. 
The reason why I say Garrett Green over the portal is mostly because I've seen enough from Garrett Green to like it, to want to see a little bit more, to feel like there is a spark there, despite needing to get better and having made some mistakes, certainly, in his brief time this year. But also, who are you going to get in the portal? So if you tell me there's a guy in the portal who's a veteran, not a young kid, but a veteran, yeah, sure, definitely. It's not like Garrett Green has shown you enough that it's like when Pat White once got in there and you're not going to worry about looking for anybody else if there if there was a portal then like on these current rules and you just you just ride it with one of the best QBs in college football history. Once Pat White got on the field, it was it was electric immediately. Garrett Green sparked him to a big win. He's been good. He's not been great. I think he's been a little bit overestimated on what he's done so far to end this season. But I've seen enough to want to see more, and I don't see anybody else in the portal to go get. Who in the portal do you want? Who's going to be in the portal that you could get? This is how I'm speaking right now on November 26th, after Thanksgiving, after the team finishes 5-7, and seven, gets a win over Oklahoma State. Nico comes in, does most of the work. Garrett Green has the loss to can- against Kansas State, and then ends up with the win over Oklahoma. So I'm not against having Garrett Green start next year. It obviously also depends on who is the head coach. Certainly if you bring Brent Brown back, I wouldn't be against Garrett Green starting with Neil, with Neil Brown next year. Mostly because I think it's the best option in terms of QB. Who else are you going to get in the portal? West Virginia fans didn't know about JT in November of last year. I get it, but it doesn't feel like there's going to be as many guys available. You never know, though. So if there's somebody better in the portal who's a vet, go ahead and get him. If not, it's Garrett Green. And Nico is not going to start over Garrett Green. You're basically start. You're basically choosing between Garrett Green or the portal. I cannot envision a scenario, despite Nico playing well against Oklahoma State, for him, who then will be a sophomore next year, a true freshman this year, a sophomore next year, or you know, maybe with a red shirt, in terms of eligibility, he won't even be a sophomore. But with that much, with that little experience, it's the same thing as why Green didn't start this year. With that little experience, you want to put him in as a starter in a very important season off a few passes against FBS competition over Garrett Green, who's actually won you a game and has now played more and shown you more. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. He's also young. He also has a couple years of eligibility. It's not like only one more year. Okay, a sophomore this season was Garrett Green. So I cannot envision a scenario unless Nico really holds him up and says that unless I'm the starter, I'm transferring and the program really loves him that much. I don't think they would do that to Garrett Green. I don't think they love him that much. And I, I, I would get if he wanted to transfer because why do you want to sit behind Garrett Green? But I don't think the plan was ever for Nico to start next year, maybe the year after. Granted, the plan was for JT to be better this season. But the way Garrett Green has played, I don't see how you would start Nico over Garrett Green. We'll see practice. Obviously, if Neil Brown is back or if he's if he's not, it's all up in the air because the coach got to see these guys for himself. If he is back, uh, he didn't want to name his starter until almost kickoff of this past season opener. I cannot imagine he's going to do that and have a he's going to have a competition. It'll be Nico versus Green. I would think Green will get the bump just like the veteran always does, whether he admits it or not. And and I I would think if it's the roster if the roster stays the way it is now, assuming JT will transfer or leave, and you don't bring in a veteran transfer addition like you did with JT this past offseason, I would assume for 2023 it's a competition in camp between Green and Nico, and Green will end up being the starter. That's what I'll assume will happen. That's what I figure will happen. That's probably what I would do again, unless you find somebody in the portal that can really do it for you. Seems like the chat has waned a little bit here, so I might get close to closing this out. Um, did want to do one of these just off an instant reaction again. The program 
has seen better days. <laughs> um, obviously, uncertainty for the head coach that, again, when you listen or watch this, maybe has been decided because, again, this is a post-game show right after the game. I'll do more of this, and certainly if that decision is made, I'll do something, whether it be live or otherwise, to really touch on that. Um, that's an instant reaction I think we all got to give. But I would not be shocked, and there have been reports of people you know, more legitimate than me. Granted, they threw my graphic up during the ESPN broadcast. The Neil Brown could be back next year. And if he is, I think the sell job is the fact that the team isn't climbing at all. I would cut bait, but the recruiting classes have been good. And this one for 2023 coming is really good, um, at least for WVU standards. It could be better overall, but you're getting the sixth best recruit in the history of the program. You're getting a top 30, 35 at the worst for most national publications recruiting class. You have 18 commits as we're speaking. That includes Rodney Gallagher, Jaheim White, Sean Boyle, UWQB. Granted, he's very, very young and inexperienced too, but who knows? That's a WU connection, his mother having been an alum. But, you know, Ray coming, the star wide receiver who many thought would go elsewhere. He actually spurned Tennessee to come to West Virginia despite the great year Tennessee's having. That's odd. I didn't expect that, but he is coming. He did commit to the Mountaineers. So... Those kids have basically told me straight up, most of them except for Boyle, who has the WVU blood in them, that they want to play for this staff. Now, does that mean that they would be okay with assistant coaches staying and Neil Brown gone? A lot of kids that are recruited are not recruited really, literally, by the head coach. It is by assistants. I know Jaheen White always mentions Chad Scott. Do you keep Chad Scott? It's an ancillary move. Is that really a problem to just keep Chad Scott for the running backs? The running game worked. I mean, I, I don't know how you can actually say he didn't do his job. He's coaching the running back. He's not coaching the team. They they, they were they were running. Uh, so you keep Chad Scott. Maybe that would help. Maybe even keeping Graham Harrell would help. And maybe you give him another season, have him and Garrett Green work together. He's still, I mean, Harrell, very, very young as well. He's 37 years old as a coach, so he got light years to go. And maybe JT got hurt that we're not aware of now because he did get worse and hadn't played that many games in a season in a while. Who knows? A lot of injuries on offense, too. C.J. Donaldson emerged and then obviously got hurt. That hurts Graham Harrell, who wants to have a balanced offense, doesn't want to just do the air raid, doesn't really do the air raid thing. He definitely runs it. It's more of a run aid, as he said before. I would probably cut bait with Jordan Leslie. The defense got worse this year, but with so many injuries, do they maybe not do that either? Do they want to keep – I don't know what kind of continuity maybe they want for a year, maybe what these recruits want. Do you listen to these recruits for a season – because you feel like you're losing a lot of players in the transfer portal and you don't want to have the recruiting class get killed. They they like the staff. Uh, they might be okay losing Brown, but they don't want to lose everybody. What do you do there with the staff separate from Brown? That's a big deal. But some of those assistants might be the scapegoat if you are keeping Brown for one more season, which is what I'm hearing, what reports have said. In terms of anything about the AD search there, Brian, I've not heard anything definitively to be able to report on the AD search. What I have heard is they are close to a decision. It was originally said to be three to four weeks when that decision was made. That was about a week or so ago. I, I actually think it's going to be more on the could be this coming week. Like I think it could be soon. I've heard actually that there are some off-the-cuff names that maybe nobody would have expected. I know Pat White put out who he would want in terms of Matt Borman, who right now is doing it at LSU, running their Tiger Athletic Club, similar to the Mountaineer Club. He does a lot with 
kind of relationship building between the program and alums, which is what Neil Brown's done well, but you need more of that. Obviously, Pat McAfee saying he's not really having a relationship. You got to kind of repair that again, I guess. Um, Borman's done a lot with really helping athletic programs throughout the years in terms of finances that could really help them with the portal, with with name, image, and likeness, a new era. He could be that guy, and there's a connection from – being at West Virginia for so many years as well at the end of the Pat White era and then onward and upward and eventually going to LSU. So Matt Borman would be a guy that I think you look at that resume in this NIL era, in the transfer portal era, when money is a major deal and he's dealt with tons of money and he dealt with a lot of former players, alums and boosters. And that's what you got to be dealing with now. He's not that old either. I think he could, could be the guy uh, for me, but that I have not heard anything that he is the guy. I do think it's happening soon. I actually even heard some reports that it could be a woman. I don't have a name for you, though. Um, so we'll see. Uh, in terms of any other names, I don't really have one. But I, I would think that's happening soon. And the timing of this and having to do this now, because if you guys are, you know, if you think about this, Auburn's needing to hire. Nebraska, they need to hire. A lot of these teams, these programs, once proud looking to change, looking to get back to glory. They need a new hire as a head coach. Now, Auburn, you freeze, Matt Rule, Nebraska. Seems like they made those decisions. And there's a lot of others that I could point to as well. They're not also looking for an AD all the time. Having to look for an AD and a head coach simultaneously, that is hard to do, especially if you want your AD to be hiring the head coach. So you need to basically hire the AD in the next week or so, then have that AD have enough time to make a legit search that he or she is really happy with. And they make the hire they want with enough people that are still out there. Cause obviously teams and programs are hiring coaches. Now that's why Brown might be back. You bring in an AD, but doing both searches simultaneously and giving that AD time to actually hire his or her person. That's hard. The university needs to come off some extra money for coordinators. Maybe Neil Brown would fire his buddies and hire some real coordinators. 3.5 mil is not enough for a staff these days. And well, that's actually what Rich Rodriguez talked about 15 years ago. The West Virginia, they're not, they're willing to spend for a head coach. Obviously, they gave Neil Brown tons of money. He's getting $4 million plus a year. We know what the buyout is. A new coach is going to, a new head coach is going to say that contract, if not more. West Virginia is willing to spend on a head coach deal, but they've always been a little tighter with the assistants. Now, Graham Hero, Graham's getting some cash and he had a name, but they're always a little tighter with the assistants. They've always been that way. Maybe they do need to spend more. I don't know if it's to say that these assistants, maybe Leslie has failed, but I think Graham Harrell, I could be sold and giving him another year. He, he runs a balanced offense. Everybody got hurt. JT hasn't played that many games. He might be hurt. I'd like to see more with how young he is and how smart he is. So to say Graham Harrell's failed in one season with all these injuries, I don't think that's fair. They're certainly not running an air raid if you don't like the air raid. They, they, they are balanced when they win. He just also has dealt with tons of injuries this year. I hate to say this, but at this point, maybe it's better to fire Brown early next season like Nebraska did in season. It worked for Nebraska. Well, number one, Nebraska has a rough go to get themselves back to glory. And they they fired one of their own in Scott Frost. So the whole West Virginia connection, that didn't work out in Nebraska in terms of one of their guys in the good old boy network. They thought, you know, that would work out with Scott Frost. They did fire in season. We have seen coaches go in season. Neil Brown stayed. 
but who were you going to get better in season? What would that have done for your team in season? Maybe get you ahead of the game, but West Virginia was likely going to still be behind Auburn, Nebraska, the school in terms of clout positions that a, a head coach who's really sought after would want. And West Virginia is the 15th winningest program ever. There's history there. It's an attractive job. You get $4 million to coach the 15th winningest program in history at a Big 12 that actually you could maybe build up and become one of the better programs in. You would certainly be one of the more historic programs in. And you have a region recruiting base that's solid. Facilities are improved. They're looking, looking really solid and modernized compared to others. So West Virginia's job is not a bad one. It's not a, a horrible job. It, there's, there's attractiveness and this is with no bias, being head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers, certainly football. But with that said, and understanding it's really, really hard at Nebraska because you're not going to get kids really attracted to the, the portal necessarily coming to you. It's not like going to Los Angeles or Miami. This will hurt West Virginia too. And it's harder to make yourself what you were in terms of five national championships that all are legit. None of them are fake claimed. The whole Osborne era, that's not even that far. It's back to the 90s. But in the 2000s and plus, it's been rough for Nebraska. It's hard to get kids to want to stay there. You really got to develop them. And I think in this era, it's not a flashy place for any of those kids to want to be, nor really would West Virginia. But I think it's actually arguably flashier because you're at least close to Pittsburgh and bigger cities than freaking Nebraska and Lincoln, Nebraska. I mean, there's nothing going on there. <laughs> um, and there's more space of nothing going on. Uh, than in Morgantown, where at least you got 79 to get in and out. So uh, difficult to win there. It really, really is. It's complications. It's not going to be easy, even for Matt Rule, who always builds things up and likes to develop guys. So, but the difference is, it's still Nebraska. West Virginia is the 15th winningest program in history. It's a good job. They're going to spend money. It's 15th winningest program. Nebraska's Nebraska. It's going to be really hard to get them back, but they're also a darling special program that has a lot of history that's way better than West Virginia's history. That if you're going to pick between these two and one's given even more money, if not equal, you're going to still lean Nebraska, even though it's going to be hard to turn both around. So Nebraska still has that cachet that brought Matt Rule in and they got a good hire. But I don't know if they're going to fire Neil Brown mid season next year. It might, if they get a really, really bad loss, like if they lose the Penn state week one, when Penn state's entering the season after a top 10 finish and beating everybody, but Ohio state and Michigan that are vying for the playoff in the final week, then no, I can't see them firing right away. If you get into the season and Neil Brown is one and five and you're starting to lose conference games, maybe I know fans would call for it and it would be a really bad year again that would lead to something of him eventually being fired, obviously. I think you got to get to a bowl game next year if you do bring him back or he is gone. No matter what, no matter who you can hire, you got to set a standard. But mid-season would have to be really, really bad. That's just not what West Virginia wants to do and it doesn't improve that year anyway. What is it really going to do for you that year anyway? It's not like the NFL where you have so many games and we've seen turnarounds. I mean, you got 12 games, you're middle of the season, you're already way out of it. I, it's not like you're going to dig yourself into some type of change. There's only four playoff spots. Even when there's 12, you're enough behind the eight ball with several losses. You're already kind of out of things, probably even for conference play and a conference title. So once those are gone, why are you making a move midseason? Unless to get a, unless to get ahead of some of these decisions, because what for you right now is behind the eight ball here. But if Neil Brown is back next year, and I think he definitely could be, I wouldn't be shocked if he is not there the entire season and then fired after the end of next season, if I had to predict.
I wouldn't think a midseason thing is happening at West Virginia unless they really, really, really think that's the right call. And there's maybe somebody on the staff that could really do it. But I don't even know if that existed this year. Like what would have happened there? I know a lot of names people are throwing out there. I don't know if that would have made sense midseason to really change things for this year. And they wouldn't have been long-term guys, certainly. So anything else here as I do end this post-game show, get close to the ending of this post-game show. Wanted to give an instant reaction. I'm glad I got some chat action here. Um, obviously, obviously, the decision on Neil Brown is paramount. Then we'll see a decision on the roster of players deciding to stay or go. The portal's there. The better players are going to have options, as Neil Brown said. Then we'll see recruits. And if commits choose to decommit, Gallagher is visiting Penn State. He's locked in. Everyone says he's locked in, but you never know. These guys actually do like Neil Brown. If you do fire Brown, do they do they say, I, I'm there for the coach, I'm not there for the program, going somewhere else? Do you have a mass exodus? Um, the only real star player that I, I really, really, well, two, Sean Boyle's one because of the connection personally, but I, I don't think Jaheim White's going anywhere as long as Chad Scott's there more so than Brown. He really, really, really keeps saying he's locked in, but he also mentions the staff too. So again, do you keep Chad Scott or somebody on the staff if you are firing Brown to appease these recruits? Do they stay for the assistant? more so than the head coach, which is very reasonable. The assistants are doing a lot of the recruiting work and talking to them every day. They're the ones on the phone with them when they do get the offer. Does West Virginia lose players to the portal and have a mass exodus again? Do they get anybody from the portal to add? Can they find a quarterback who's a vet like JT Daniels who actually plays better and has a more successful year as a Mountaineer, like a Will Greer situation? Or do they just ride it out with Garrett Green and then he beats out Nico probably? But then what happens with Nico? Does he choose to stick around or transfer? Do you add enough on defense to be competitive next year regardless of anything else? Because they got to go to the portal and help the secondary again and help the defense again. You got it at running back, but do you keep C.J. Donaldson there? Does he stay or does he go as well? What happens with receivers? You got a lot of vet receivers that all actually could have come back for another year. Sam James even could have another year coming back despite being recruited by Dana. He's been there so long. You got a lot of legit talent in from in terms of recruits coming in do you actually want these vets to be there for six seven years because of covid or do you want to move on uh into the youth and see what they can do maybe they're more athletic now even though sam james is certainly a good player and then what freaking happens again with neil brown and how does that domino affect everything all those questions will be answered very very soon the ad is that next domino to fall by the way that, that absolutely is the next domino to fall that should happen very soon but the timing of all of this may have brown back one more year and again i understand cutting made after four years but maybe that could make sense if there's nobody else legit that's really that much better for you to go higher since again matt rule you freeze etc are now out of play. So what happens? I appreciate the awesome show comment there from John. I appreciate the, the thanks, Mike. Great takes. Enjoyed the show. Um, I have to run. I'm going to run as well, Joey. I appreciate that comment as well. So feel free to jump in when I do more of these. The season's over, but my work is not done. At WV Sports Now on Twitter, wvsportsnow.com for all of our coverage of Mountaineer Athletics, not just the football program, but of course, it's all about the football program, really, and certainly recruiting and the portal and visits and more players that commit and maybe some will decommit and some players will leave and who do you add and 
all of that and decisions, AD, head coach, QB for the future, all of that will happen. We will have it at WV Sports Now. And in the meantime, we're also going to be covering the basketball program and some of these pros, Joe Mazzullo as well, Gino, Bruce Irvin, AK, when you get back to baseball season. A lot of former Mountaineers and the pros doing well, and you guys love reading about that, so we're going to cover that as well and maybe try to get to a game in person to cover some NBA. Thanks to Joe Mazzulla, now head coach of the Celtics. So all of that and then some again at WV Sports Now. The Mountaineers do end their miserable 2022 season. No other way to put it. Not a good year, despite a good win at the end and some good wins in the middle. With a victory, West Virginia picks up a victory over Oklahoma State on the road. First time in program history, West Virginia beats Oklahoma and Oklahoma State both in the same season. Boy, if somebody would have told you that before the year, you would have thought it was a special season. It was special in all the wrong ways for West Virginia in 2022. They beat Baylor. They hang right with TCU. They hang with Pitt in the back curb brawl despite losing. They went in Blacksburg, retained the Black Diamond Trophy. They're going to keep it a while. And they went on the road there. Beat Oklahoma State. Beat Oklahoma. But a bad year overall and really, really bad nights in Texas and Austin and Lubbock against Texas Tech, against Kansas at home. They're better, but 13.5-point favorite. Shouldn't be losing that way. The defense collapsed. You do lose the brawl. Kansas State, they're really good, but they showed you they're much better than you. Iowa State, it was really, really bad in Ames, and they're not better than you, but they were on that day, and you could do nothing against their defense, despite also them having nothing of an offense and your offense struggling yourself. So there were there was some good. There was a lot more bad. It got ugly at times, too, and the 2022 season goes down. It's one of the worst for the West Virginia Mountaineers in a while. Ends up being the third losing season for Neil Brown, including the bowl game loss of last season out of four. Again, the program only had three losing seasons from 99 to 2018. They now had three out of the last four years under Neil Brown. I said he had to be in the hot seat entering this season. It didn't happen. They didn't climb. They weren't even in neutral. They dipped. They declined. I would make a move. I would set the standard. I would set precedent that this isn't good enough. You don't got to expect a natty every year or even a conference title every year at WVU, but you expect more than this. You do. You expect more than this that has been there. You, you should expect more than this. It's fair and reasonable to expect more than this. It won't get easier, though, with the schedule and then the conference shakeup and all of what's to come, but you do also need to have your program looking its best and being the most attractive and being like this. It's just not attractive to anybody, the fans, the media, no one. You have a strong recruiting class coming in, but how many of those will stay commits? What players will you keep that are on the roster? Who do you really want to keep? How do you want the roster to shake out? And then what does the coaching staff look like with a new AD? So this might be the most important West Virginia offseason in a very, very long time. And this could set the tone for the future. So what the West Virginia Mountaineers do this coming offseason on the heels of such a poor, bad regular season that many want to forget, it will set in motion the next decade. We will see. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.